0: I just want to welcome you all. First of all, a round of applause for coming here. You know, give yourself a hand clap that you're here, that you made it, that you made it out. You know, not everybody heeds to calls like this. And so it's a beautiful thing when you see women actually come out and want to experience God even on a Saturday. Um, And so this is brunch and Bible. I guess I'll tell a little backstory before I bring my guests up. April 2021, um, I was sitting in my bed, and normally my routine is I spend time with God over, like, breakfast. Breakfast is, like, my favorite food. And so (laughs) I spend time with God over breakfast, and I was just doing my normal after-work routine, got off of work, get myself in the cafeteria, and just open the Bible and read. And I heard so audibly, brunch and Bible. And that was April 2021. And since then, God has just been slowly unveiling this picture um, of what this is. And we are a community of women um, who come together and just help ourselves um, establish ourselves in our faith. And so, you know, welcome. I thank you for coming. And this is our first live event, will not be the last. Amen. <laughs> And so that's just a little bit about Brunch and Bible. Um, We're going to get into our word, and I just want to invite up two ladies who have been so influential to me since I was a kid, literally. (laughs) I can say they mothered me in a sense when I was in college. And so it's just so beautiful to see how God has merged our past once again, but this time the right path, (laughs) and so (laughs) I just want to welcome up um, my dear sisters, Benny and Wonga, and we can clap for them as they come up, and I'm going to take this mic. As we get situated, so ladies, all right, well you all look stunning, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Just Fixing our mic here. And so while we um, fix our mics and get ready for this talk, yeah. um, actually, how does it feel to be live? Like, we record in the studio a lot, but yeah. how does it feel to actually be here in person?
1: It's definitely different.
0: It's different, right? <laughs> Sorry, let me
1: get comfortable. Sorry, (laughs) definitely different.
0: There we go, for sure. I think it's different too. Um, and honestly, I think it's very prophetic in nature because Brunch and Bible was always supposed to be like this. Mm. Um, but I think out of fear, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) um, I was just like, let me just record it. You know put it on youtube nobody's yeah. there and then the whole world can see it. <laughs> you know i don't have to be limited to space you know how we're squished in here but yeah. you know this is how god wanted to be all along amen. so this is really fulfillment of prophecy amen um amen. and i think about four months ago um, in april god told me august like this month yeah august and i was sitting over brunch <laughs> with her <laughs> And she was like, yeah, um, you're going to do something in August. You're going to do an event in August. Interesting. And so that was just maybe a week after. Do you remember you said that? I just reminded her. <laughs> I literally just reminded her. Um, and so we're just, I'm just excited that the Lord has kept his word in that. I, I was obedient. And here yeah. we are in August having the yes. event. Exactly. Our Lord. first
2: live brunch and
0: Bible. First live brunch <laughs> and Bible. So the topic today is she who roars. And before I get into the topic, I have just two announcements. Um, if you need to use the bathroom, you can just leave through that back door and then come across here in the side door. will lead you to the bathroom that's downstairs in case you may have to go. Um, food will be After the recording, so please don't come across our (laughs) our setup to to get something to eat. There's more than enough food. Um, And then I think, what was my last announcement? Um, Yes, so we just, since we're recording, just want to minimize sound, turn your phones off. If you know someone that's coming, tell them to come in quietly. um, And we're going to have a good time. Are you guys ready? You guys ready? Before we get started, <laughs> can we?
2: Can this mic move like just as I feel like I'm going like this?
0: Yeah, I'll move it. There
1: you go. Okay. Oh, she oh, yeah. who roars. Are we yeah, good? Bring it forward. Bring your hair forward. I no? There, there, we go. there, You're there you go. You comfortable? Everybody comfortable?
0: Are you in the zone? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, let's go. She Who Roars. Um, I was in my prayer closet. First of all, I want you all to know that this came together in less than two weeks. (laughs) 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 And and so if you got an invite, it wasn't that I didn't want to invite you. It's literally when everything rolled out, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I was in my prayer closet, and I heard clearly She Who Roars. Mm -hmm. And um, at first, I was like, hmm, this is very interesting. I don't even... Where did we get these three words from? How did they just come together like Mm. this? And I was telling Wanga that, honestly, I've been doing more than I think in this season because if I think too much, (laughs) I'm either not gonna do it or I'm gonna alter how God wanted me to do it. Mm. And so I said, okay, we'll just put this thing down. And um, over the course of the week, he was just unveiling to me what that really means. Mm. And so that's what I just wanna discuss here. And I pray that it's a blessing to you as you listen. Mm. Um, of what it truly means to roar um, as a woman um, in Christ, um, a woman of God. And so I think we'll just open it up, right? And um, we'll just talk, what does it mean for a woman to be bold for Christ, and what does that look like in today's age? You will start?
1: I'll start. Okay. So I actually looked up the definition of the word bold. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so what it means to be bold is showing an ability to take risks, being confident or courageous. And so once I heard that, I just kind of knew, I just had a knowing in my spirit, like, what it means to be bold for Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that our culture right now is very counter Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I think being bold for Christ right now is doing opposite of what culture is telling you. Just Mm -hmm. simply put. Um, I think that we are in a culture, we live in a society in the United States that's very eye-centered. It's very self-centered. We seek ourselves. We want to know ourselves more. But I think the gospel of Christ is to seek him and to know him more. Just as you were talking today earlier, lay down your burdens and come to him. Mm -hmm. And I think that in this society that we live in, you would say, oh, try to figure it out, hustle culture, you know, Mm -hmm. discover, like Mm -hmm. whatever you can do to figure it out. Take five jobs, do the assessment test, all these things. Mm -hmm. But it's very clear that in the gospel we are to go to Christ. And so I think to be a bold woman for Christ Mm -hmm. is to do the things of Christ, do the things that are actually literally Mm -hmm. counter-cultural.
0: That's good. What do you think,
2: V? Yeah, funny enough, instead of looking up the word bold, I actually looked up the word roar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when I looked up the word, there were many definitions, many of them pertaining to the actual animal of a lion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But three key words that stood out to me when looking through many definitions um, and then studying the animal that is the lion um, were the words long, loud... And deep mm. concerning the sound that they produce. And mm. um, the spirit began to give me parallels with the words that I was seeing. So, when it came to the word, so basically, a roar is a long, loud, deep sound. Oh, mm. okay. Yeah. And even there was a video that I feel like I accidentally came across on Instagram because when have I ever seen a lion on my Instagram feed, right? (laughs) But the day I saw that lion on my Instagram feed, the lion is roaring and I could literally feel the vibration of the roar through my phone. Mm -hmm. And I began to realize that the words long, loud, and deep actually meant Something else, I guess, in the realms of the spirit, I would say. So when you think about the word long, it was actually referring to the word endurance. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the word loud, it's actually speaking to amplification. And then okay. when you think about the word deep, it's actually talking about the weight that yeah. comes by via the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about women roaring, you're thinking about women being able to endure or consistently go through something that what they are amplifying is something heavy enough that it's mm-hmm. being able to be caught. By the woman around them, and so I think yeah. that is my visual representation <laughs> of yeah. women. And I it just two and two just made four as I'm sitting here because <laughs> I've been sitting here always with this off, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, and so that's my visual representation of what I think of when I see women or believe I see women are roaring or should be roaring.
0: I think that's yeah. so good. Um, and when you said that, I even thought of when you said that you watched the video of the lion and you felt the vibration, I thought, immediately impact. Yes, was Immediately impact. <laughs> immediately. So as a woman of God, when you're roaring, whatever you're doing, whatever God has called you to do, is you see that it's making impact mm-hmm. yeah. in your society, in Absolutely. your community, in your family. Mm. Um, and so I think that's just such a beautiful description of what She Who Roar means. And I kind of want to quickly uh, look into a couple of women in the Bible who Roared or who stood firmly and who were bold for Christ. And I mean, anybody can go um, and talk about women that you really can say stamp marked were bold for Christ.
2: Um, quick pause, mm-hmm. um, because I've been hearing these numbers all morning and I don't want to be disobedient. Um, and I'm at the point where I'm like, B, if you don't ask somebody, yeah, <laughs> do the numbers. Um, either one, two, zero, one or one, two, one, zero mean anything to anybody. And you can come back to it and sit. I'll come back later, but I just needed to ask that so I don't forget for the third time this morning. <laughs> <laughs> for the third time this morning. But if those numbers meaning to anyone mean anything to anyone, let me know. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead. <laughs> I <should> go ahead? <laughs>
1: yes. Um, okay, in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, honestly the first person that came to mind was mary
2: okay and wow, when that's she a good
1: one. and when she came to mind i had to really think about it because i was like mary i yeah. mean we know that she's literally the mother, mother of jesus, jesus. so mm-hmm. of course but i was like did she really roar yeah you know when you think of power when you think of roaring mm-hmm. when you think of impact um Honestly, I don't know if Mary's the first, first person, person you, think you would think Absolutely, of. Right. So when I thought, I actually wrote her name down and left it and was mm-hmm. like, let me continue out with these other women that I know really roared. And, um, you know, God really revealed to me, I think this morning um, that Mary, Mary's response to her calling in a way was her 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 boldness for Christ was her roar because she was so confident in something that was so radically crazy. I mean, yeah. imagine in today's yeah. society, somebody saying that they're having a baby and this mm. person's the Messiah. They're going to save mm-hmm. the world. And they did not... You would think they're crazy. You would think they're crazy. Yeah. But Mary immediately in Luke... One, her response is a song of praise. Mm -hmm. And so God really highlighted that to me that no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation is looking like, when God calls you to something, you immediately, you immediately know that, okay, it's for Christ and I'm going to praise him because no matter all the other things that will happen, I'm happy to be doing it for him. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that sometimes when God tells me to do stuff, I Mm -hmm. can get in my feelings. Yeah, I can be you know, a little bit of a brat, I can pout, I can, you know, whine around and still get the job done. But mm-hmm. I think God was showing me in this moment that it's her praise mm-hmm. that made her a bold woman for Christ. Mm-hmm. It was her, it was the way that she carried mm-hmm. the mantle mm-hmm. of being the mother of the Messiah. Like, yes, mm-hmm. we respect her and revere her now. But yeah. back in those days, yeah. even to the point where, you know, her, her fiance wanted to silence, like quietly, you know separate from her and everything and she still was able to endure and she still was happy and mm-hmm. she still was full of joy to mm-hmm. be able to carry mm-hmm. the call to carry the calling mm-hmm. that god gave her mm-hmm. and so that was the first person that i
0: really really well god made
1: me to think of
0: and when you when you think of mary she had all the right reasons to like she, she actually did. had she literally had she every had reason a, case, a solid case a solid case and she still chose praise and yeah. i think that that's something to learn that even in this day and age as a woman of god mm-hmm. you have to go against the grain yeah. and even when it doesn't look like anything of what <laughs> you've seen <laughs> or anything of what you've experienced knowing that god has spoken and god is going to use you to do it exactly um, you take you you said gracefully take on that mantle
1: And you do what you got to do. And I think it's just the point of praise, you know, that God chose to highlight in this moment that, you know, as we were receiving these different mandates, you Mm. know, from God, as we're receiving these different assignments, these different Mm. callings, we should we should be happy to be chosen. Mm. We should be happy to be women, which, you know, we just came from the conference. And one thing that she preached on was you know being happy to be a woman mm-hmm. and I think sometimes when we think of oh the calling to be a wife the calling to be a mother the calling to do it all of these so things tasking, it yeah. sounds so tasking and you can even ask yourself God why me yeah like why do I have to do all these things like men are sitting there they don't have to do this this mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. they have their own mental that they're carrying mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. the way but we should be happy to be chosen yeah. Yeah. to be a bold woman for Christ we should be that's happy good. to even have the opportunity to roar for Christ
0: that's good that's good you got
1: anything Yeah, um,
2: and I think I'm speaking to a version of me that has been delivered to this, and so hopefully this helps someone in this room, but I think sometimes we just think too much. Mm. When it comes to roaring, we actually just think way too much, and we overcomplicate the assignment, right? And because as the Lord gave her Mary, someone that he gave me that was kind of like, Huh? Like, was Rahab? Mm, and yeah, she was on my list.
1: She was on my and list
2: too. <laughs> as I was beginning to contemplate, like, and I had, you know, the other powerhouses that we know—the Esters, yeah. the Deborahs, the even the Russe, right? But Rahab, I was like, you know, God, why? Like, what about how? What about what she did? Like, yes, we know it was impactful to her generation, to her family, to the people around her, and to um, the Israelites, but. What about her? Like, are you trying to highlight to me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What I, about her? I, you're I, trying to highlight. What about her? Are you trying to highlight to me? And I believe is the fact that she actually, she didn't think too much about who she was and mm. what predicament she is and what yeah. her title to her community was. Mm. Um, she thought about being in that moment a woman of solution, um, mm. a woman of impact, yeah. um, a woman who. Was carrying the answer to the two for these people, and I think sometimes, um, like Wanga had mentioned earlier, that we're in a very I kind of society where everyone is almost thinking about themselves. So she could have instantly been like you know, what's going to happen to me if I do this, yeah. or I'm a prostitute, like exactly. what's going yeah, to happen to my career him, yeah. if, yeah. you know, all yeah. the different many things that she could have, that were probably going through her mind, mm-hmm. but yet, at the end of the day, she chose to open her mouth and provide solution, and I think it's just that simple, um, opening your mouth and providing the solution that the Lord has given you in that very moment, mm-hmm. whatever mountain the Lord has called you to be mm-hmm. at. Um, I think the other issue is that um, when we think about she who roars, we can overcomplicate it to the point where we think that it has to look like this or it mm. has to look like, mm. you know, on the street evangelizing mm. or it has to look like on a pulpit preaching. Oh, like exactly. what mountain has God called you to exactly. and how are you climbing up that mountain to be able to let a exactly. sound sound be produced from the work or your output that can actually touch your generation or that can impact the people around you, whether that be your family or whether that be entertainment or whether that be media, everybody can't be on Mm -hmm. an altar preaching. Mm -hmm. Some people actually need to be in the education Mm -hmm. system. Some people actually need to go to law school and become lawyers. Like some people need to go to school and become doctors. Everybody can't ministry looks different for everybody, but to every mountain is a ministry. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about uncomplicating the complicated work, it just starts by where, what, who are you, what do you have in your house, mm. and what is what is their next mm. step? Mm. Like mm. what is the next <laughs> tangible step that you can take forward to roaring on the mountain that God has placed you on? Exactly. That is
1: so
0: good. And, you know, you're still in my notes. still in my notes <laughs> here. <laughs> because I was going to bring up um, Deborah. Mm-hmm. And um, first I'll just introduce her as a person. Um, and I want us to go to Judges 4. Um, verses 3 to 5, and it says, And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chairs of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidos, was judging Israel at the time. Mm-hmm. She a female leader. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in, mountain, in the mountains of Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Mm-hmm. Now, I want us to go to Judges 5, um, verses 7 and 12. And it says, a village life ceased. It ceased in Israel wow. until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, sing a song. Arise, Barak, and lead your captives away, O son of at mm-hmm. And so when you look at Deborah, first of all, very out of the box for her to be a lead, a judge yeah. at that time, because if you look at this beautiful story of the Israelites, <laughs> uh-huh. they always wanted a leader, a king. And so God took them through many different seasons yeah. of kings at one point, judges at another. So yeah. we come and we see Deborah. And I think this leads me into my next point. Um, it's so important for us as women to take our places and to be bold because it mm. says village life ceased. Jesus, <laughs> It ceased. <laughs> that means that if wow. you don't arise in your calling, your environment is affected. Gosh. So I always, I always say this, that your yes is a thousand other yeses yeah, and yeah. your no is a thousand other no's. So the longer you take time <laughs> I'm laughing because this is me. The longer you take time it's to to fall into line basically mm. is the longer that someone else remains in bondage. Mm.
1: Jesus. Let's just first of all ask God for mercy because <laughs> mercy. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> hey, mercy I think a Lord. lot of us have fallen into seriously not arising. Mm. Seriously. And so we just
0: ask God for mercy. mercy.
1: But the good thing is He is merciful. He is merciful. So we just He's comes to have give mercy us His mercy. Us, please.
0: <laughs> Literally. But I mean when you look at that, it's just it's it's a very sobering thought. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that we should think very often to mm-hmm. get us back in line. You know, like what do they call those things? Checkpoints? Yeah. Yeah, like checkpoints in a race. Like, okay. Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Because a little girl somewhere on the other side of the world could Mm. be waiting on me. My goodness. Could be waiting on me. And I think that's what often pushes me a lot of times because I've seen the effect of that in my life. I've seen once I got myself together, a few other people did get themselves together too. And so it's a very real thing that if you choose not to, that's someone else that is waiting on you. Yeah. um I want to touch on the point where you said that it doesn't have to look a certain way. When you think of she who roars, mm. you may think of a woman, you know, screaming on a pulpit, which is good. We love we love a good woman <laughs> screaming <laughs> on a pulpit. But that is not the only um sphere of influence that God is calling us to as women. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to use the same story um uh the same story of Deborah to to basically Support this claim. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks about a woman named Jael. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> so there were a lot of different things going on. The Israelites always going through it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> always going through it. <laughs> but at the time, they were, you know, running from their enemies. And God used two women to deliver mm-hmm. the Israelites. They, um, he used Deborah. Mm-hmm. as the face, as the leader, yeah. but he actually used Jael behind yeah, the scenes behind the to scenes. actually orchestrate My God. the demise of the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so whether it looks like in front of the scene yeah. or behind the scene, you are needed. Yeah. 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 Deborah needed yeah. Jael. Yeah. Yeah. And Jael Absolutely. needed Deborah. Absolutely. And so I want us to understand this clearly, that it does not, first of all, God is not a one dimensional God. Nope. So we cannot sit here and think that mm-hmm. He will move in a one dimensional way. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. The Lord needs you in the beauty industry. He needs you in the hairdressing ministry. Yep. Yeah. He needs you in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. He needs you in the music industry. He needs you everywhere. everywhere. And the, the beautiful part about it is that He's apportioned us each with something with special. Something. Yeah. And so this, this is getting good. It, it, it leads me into the next question. Um, what are some reasons, or the most common reasons, why women are not arising? Or what has caused us to lose women, um, or caused women to lose themselves in this generation? <laughs> Anybody can go. I can start. You want, you want me to start? I can go. Okay, go cool. ahead.
2: I'm, like, answering and internally answering because this blow is blowing me in- internally, yeah. Um, it's because women don't know who they are. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yikes. And so... Yikes, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about... There was something that Nuku um, sent to her, who sent to me, and the Lord was already... Like, I was already in a season where the Lord was dealing with me about identity. Mm. And um, you think about Deborah and... Funny enough, in the message that I listened to, the lady was preaching about Deborah cool. as well. Yeah. And I think before you trying to arise as anything, um, you need to actually know who you are, you need to arise as yourself. Yeah. And so that's good. I guess in my testimony, like when I was in the world, heaven is my witness. I knew you're who all, I was. We're all each other's witnesses. <laughs> At this point. Heaven is my witness. Like we're all like you said, we're all each other's witnesses, but it was like I just I was some kind of person. I don't even know how to describe the person for you, but I was some kind of person who was confident in who she was. At the very Very, least, you couldn't tell. Very confident in who she was, Mm -hmm. knew very much who she was, Mm -hmm. and was executing, was arising, Mm -hmm. serving the wrong kingdom wholeheartedly. Mm Absolutely. But was arising, like and serving this person or becoming this person that she thought she was supposed to be mm-hmm. but then all of a suddenly mm-hmm. when I came to Christ it was like I was waiting for this um this makeover that God would like wash literally away everything mm-hmm. that meant my personality that meant you know uh my character I mean the the negative parts mm-hmm. of my character we pray mm-hmm. that he has is Clean has that done up. that. <laughs> that up, yes, right. But the beautiful parts of my character—just I was just waiting to become like literally a brand new person, mm-hmm. someone that probably I wouldn't have even recognized anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, different interests, different mm-hmm. like literally just waiting for like a A to Z kind of makeover and transformation. And it wasn't until after a year in my only a little bit too over over two-year journey now um, wholeheartedly serving Christ Mm -hmm. that I realized that this person that you're waiting to become is not going to appear. Mm. Um, This person that you're waiting for God to transform you into is not going to appear because God actually did not create you to be that person. Mm. And so while you are I guess, saddening yourself, waiting for um, God to make you this, like, nice... And not to say I'm not nice, not to say I'm not sweet, mm-hmm. not to say that I can't be a bubbly person, but I was waiting for everyone to be like, oh, you know, oh, you're so nice, oh, you're a Christian, mm-hmm. oh, you're, you know, <laughs> whatever. And instead of arising in the firecracker that God had, like, I've been since mm-hmm. I was born, right? Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the fire to be blown out and just become this nice, soft, calm, awesome. just... And that person (laughs) was never going to arise. Um, And I realized that who God had created me to be from birth was something that the enemy took and perverted for his own good. Right. Mm. And so as we are turning our hearts towards God, the Mm -hmm. important thing to realize is who God created you to be. At the root and the foundation of it, who God created you to be. What graces, like she was saying, Mm -hmm. God has given everybody something. What graces has God given you? So it's not that when we come to God, we now get a new formula, we now get a new package and load of this new person that we're supposed to go be sent out into the world to Mm -hmm. create or become. He is bringing out the fullness of who he has already placed inside of us. Mm, And so for me, it was having to realize that this person that you've been, although in the world it was a very crooked and perverted version of such person, this person was actually created this way strategically to serve God. Mm -hmm. And so how can you now use everything, and I mean everything that he's placed inside of you to serve him instead of the world that you were serving? How you were wholeheartedly doing everything you did before, how Mm. can you now wholeheartedly Use everything, Mm -hmm. and I mean everything, and I mean everything, Everything. to serve
1: Him. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I mean, I think sometimes I think that's (laughs) very true, and I think we just think that because it was used for the kingdom of darkness, it must just be—it's no good. It's no good. Yeah, it's no good. But it's like God created everything, and Mm -hmm. I think you know when we think about okay the devil, the enemy, and we think of God, we kind of tend to put them on this equal playing field. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, they're here, one side, one one side. But it's like God is the creator of all things. So Uh meaning he gave you every single personality trait that you have. Maybe that negative personality trait was to be used for your testimony, Mm -hmm. but it's like obviously the enemy has come to pervert it. And so I think it's really good what you're saying. Like Mm -hmm. you have to get to know who you are, Mm -hmm. and you have to arise in your identity before you can even... A rise in in anything else like there's there's no way it's going to work you can't you one thing about god is you can't be fake mm. you can't be fake in doing any of his work Ooh. you know we we <laughs> <laughs> that one a, you, you can't, can't, you, you can't yeah. be fake yeah. like god does not operate on fakeness because mm. he sees the character of your heart yep. he yeah. sees the depths of your soul yeah. so if you are going to go stand yep. on a pulpit and you want to do it fake because you want to be this soft nice gentle person mm-hmm. and that's not who God made you to be he's gonna see right through it and he's gonna ask you why are you even are doing, you doing this? this what I created you like this way mm-hmm. and you're trying to be soft for who mm-hmm. and I think it even exposes your heart that if you want to be somebody else why yeah because societies tell you that you need to be somebody else mm-hmm. or that accept you know, accepted even, this way exactly exactly you know I think on the opposite sphere like you know being somebody that's seen as like really nice very soft sometimes mm-hmm. when I have to be stern they're like
0: What's going, what's going on? Going on what's <laughs> happening?
1: When I have boundaries, they're like, that's unchristian. Like, that's ungodly. Like, like mm. you're supposed to be nice. Mm. Like, I thought Christians are supposed to be, like, you know, so it, it's just, it just goes to show that it doesn't matter either way of the spectrum, wherever yeah. you are, like, whoever God called you to be, arise in that person.
0: Wow.
1: Um, one of the other things that I was going to say um, that's hindering women as yeah. to why we haven't um, arisen Um, just keeping it real it's not attractive to the male gaze
0: Mm. I think
1: that when we think of godly men of course when Mm. we think of godly men of course they will see you know somebody arising and say hey like this is attractive like this is my partner like Mm -hmm. we're gonna Mm -hmm. depopulate hell together but to be very honest I don't you don't until you get to a certain point I think that you still operate wanting to be accepted by men. Mm-hmm. And I think that even mm-hmm. in the church system, that's there good. are some church systems that don't allow women to arise. Mm-hmm. You know, there are church systems that don't allow women to preach. There mm-hmm. are church systems that don't allow women to have positions. If you're a secretary, that's it. That's you're it. not that's going above that. Go. So I think that because of some of those things that have been placed in society have trickled their way into, you know, the church, Um, the church building, Mm -hmm. um, the church organization, I think that can also be a hindrance because we've been taught that we can't, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just not attractive. Mm -hmm. Some people will say, oh, you're making, like some of these, I don't want to call any particular um, set of people, but there's some people who will say, oh, you're making all this rah, rah, what, man, will you marry that you're making all this noise? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's true. Mm-hmm. And so when you internalize that, you're like, okay, God has set me on fire for this thing, but can I really be on fire for this thing if this person doesn't find me attractive, if right. this person doesn't see that as attractive? We often see women as soft and dainty mm. and oh carry me and oh and you can have soft life Well, me. I want soft life. Yo, but yo, yo. I think that <laughs> <laughs> but I think that in the name of soft life and wanting to be babied
2: yeah
1: we will not Most arise mm-hmm. yeah. because we want the man to stand on our head we want the man to do everything and mm-hmm. then slowly but surely we'll just sit down with our arms crossed yeah. Yeah. That's because that's what we've been you know that's what we've been conditioned you mm-hmm. know even when we think of traditionally when you look at first ladies how they sit in the seat with their hat in their heels and their skirt and they just
0: sit down mm-hmm. that's it
1: you know, but I think that when we look at the gospel, when we look at the word of God, we yeah. see these women who did more Some than that. Dangerous
0: work here, yeah.
1: Dangerous work.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think I think you're beautifully about to go into who I want to bring up was Esther. Mm. And if we go to Esther four, thirteen to sixteen, I want to read that. And it says, And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house shall perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. It says, Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I, I perish. perish. Esther is such a beautiful depiction of what you just said. Because, mm-hmm. you know, she went through all the formalities. Yeah. Got in as queen. We all know the story of Esther. But she thought that she was actually going to sit there. Yeah. She was going to be cutie. She thought she was going to be a nice little cute queen. Mm-hmm. And whole time, her people are about to get killed. Right? Mm. Yeah. And her uncle had to remind her, hey sis, <laughs> I know you thought this was all fun and games, but mm-hmm. literally, if you don't arise mm-hmm. now, <laughs> not only will we die, but you are gonna die as well because you're Jewish. You know? Mm-hmm. And so I think after that you see a quickening mm-hmm. in yeah. Esther's spirit. A quickening. A quickening. After that word, she had a quickening and she gathered everybody and she she had her wake up call yeah. and i think that today is a wake up call for some of us mm, to absolutely. just arise because deliverance <laughs> will come from come another from, place will
1: come from another place <laughs> if
0: you don't arise as a woman in the kingdom and another thing that is very interesting is that it says you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this mm. meaning now and yeah. i think this morning as i was meditating What's very interesting is we can only function in now. Yeah. Like we actually can only function mm. in the now. Yeah. We cannot function in the past and we can't that's even function good. in the present in the, in, the, in the future. Yeah, that's so we cannot function in the future. Mm-hmm. So all we have is literally is now. now. Mm. All we have is now. All we have is now. You can't do anything about <laughs> yesterday. So forget about that. Jesus.
1: Forget about yesterday. And
0: You don't know what your tomorrow is. Who knows if we'll even see tomorrow? I hope I see tomorrow because it's my birthday. Amen. (laughs) We don't know if we'll see tomorrow. So all we literally have is now. So I think that really just put some fire under Esther's behind to get herself up and say, "Hey, I didn't just come here to wear a crown on my head and to kiss the king, Mm -hmm. but I came to actually do what I'm called to do. And another thing that I just feel led to say is that sometimes your title, your position will look like one thing when God is trying to do something completely different. Hmm. What queen in history do we see save and deliver a whole population? I don't know of anybody else, my dear. Barely kings who were struggling to... <laughs> you look at the like kings. They were even struggling to do that. So where do you see a woman now come and be able to save her entire population, masked in the the royalty yeah. of a queen of a queen. And if we know anything back then, you don't even see the king yeah. as a yeah. queen. Even if you, yeah. you are married, you don't. Even there's need. you have to see him on special occasions. Yeah, or you could actually die. Die. And so I just think that this is just so it's just blowing my mind right it now. It is. It is. Um, and I don't know if we want to move on from Esther, but another person that I thought of when you said that we're using our giftings for the wrong kingdom is Jezebel. Jesus. Jezebel. Quite literally the opposite of I Esther. I mean, <laughs> but if you think about it, Jezebel had gifts. Yep. Mm-hmm. She was yes, very she strategic. Impact. She, she was, was very cunning. And you know who she reminds me of is Abigail. I don't mm. know if we know Abigail's story, mm. but basically she you know, yeah. was I think basically she wanted to save her husband from David. the the sword yeah. of David. Yeah. <laughs> um, because he was mocking him, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so that quick thinking on the feet. Yeah. You know, they just remind me of each and Absolutely. I just think, you know, we always kind of paint Jezebel in a bad light, which I mean she was not good. She think. wasn't good. <laughs> but what if she used those giftings for the right kingdom? What damage she could have done? I mean yeah, in a good way, in a good way. yeah,
1: and I think it even speaks to um what you were saying earlier about it being kind of like a domino effect, yeah, mm. you know, and how people are waiting for you, like, and how people are mm-hmm. in- impacted mm-hmm. by what you choose to do because so many people met their ruin because of Jezebel. Yeah, even yeah. her husband was could have been a great king. Mm-hmm. He could't even be a great king because of his wife, yeah. Queen Jezebel, yeah. you know? So I think it's it, it it truly comes down to it: Are you arising or not? Mm. You know, it really comes down to are you arising or not? Because I think when you get to a certain place of influence, you there's only two sides. Yeah. A lot of us like to give things gray areas. It's really black and white: yeah. either you're yeah. for God or you're not. Yeah. So when you get to that place of power and that place of influence. Who are you going to serve? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to display? Mm-hmm. Who is your life going to look mm-hmm. like? Because truth be told, either your life is going to look like Christ or it's not. Yeah. Yeah. There's no gray area. Yeah. And so I think that we should be mindful even as we are arising, even God is, as God is putting us in positions. Because if Esther decided, you know what, Uncle Mordecai, I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying yeah. this soft life. What was gonna happen? The entire
0: population would have been wiped out. What
1: was gonna happen? Even if they had saved Esther, let's say by whatever happenstance, if they had saved her, she was literally gonna be an agent for darkness. Wow. In just one decision <laughs> wow. making. That's all it takes. And it goes back to what <laughs> B was saying, and even what you were saying in regards to this event, like mm-hmm. just do and be obedient.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Simply put. Simply
2: you guys may love me more or hate me more for this but I'm gonna throw it back for a second um, because the Lord brought this memory back to me this morning actually like earlier this morning mm-hmm. and the parallel between and I think this might even help some people visualize what it truly means to roar and this yeah. is not kingdom specific but just truly what it means to roar now that we're bringing in the Jezebels and the and the and the bunch so <laughs> um, <laughs> Remember those days of Afro Royale? Oh,
0: dear. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so many of you may never may not know what Afro Royale is, but once upon a time on the college campus of Purdue University, um, <laughs> myself, along with Wanga and one other person who is here in the spirit with us, mm-hmm. um, decided to start a dance troupe called mm-hmm. Afro Royale. Mm-hmm. Baby Heaven, who was joining Purdue University, mm-hmm. freshman, um, fresh, fresh, fresh meat, literally came <laughs> onto Purdue's campus, met us, joined us, and the rest was... And you just see us here today, know that God is yeah. merciful, okay? Amen. Um, but anywho, we think about Afro Royale, and we think about the experiences and the rehearsals and yeah. the, all the whatever that Afro Royale was known to be. And you think about the giftings and you think about the Mm -hmm. impact Mm -hmm. to the point that we just said we want to dance and we're tired of ASA only letting us dance one time a year so we conjured ourselves to make this dance true. We brought together women many so now women. He, many women
1: many, many women. so I wish I had scary, a picture actually. that I could actually show you guys <laughs> like it's not a <laughs> joke
2: and from all over more. from all countries in Africa not just Nigerians not just Liberians so not pathetic. just literally all even um African Americans like the yeah. whole combination of women gathered women um in the name of dance and culture and sisterhood that's what that was I believe and <laughs> And, uh, and I remember how quickly, all it took was just one person to say, yeah, let's do this thing. And I remember how quickly we were now traveling to Ohio, then traveling to this school, My then goodness. traveling for this event, then um, time, doing dance study. competitions, then Absolutely. doing, <laughs> but we, our name, literally, it was like Aurora. People yeah. heard the name afro Real. Everywhere, mm. Yeah. It meant something to somebody mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the point that we were literally now navigating our way around the, the Midwest, States. the United States for real. Um, in the East Coast, they knew yeah. who Afro Royale mm-hmm. was. In yeah. the South, they knew who Afro mm-hmm. Royale was. Three girls who just said, we want to dance. And we we just, we have the gift of dancing. Mm-hmm. We want to dance and we don't just want to dance once a year. Turned into a whole, what could have been if it was glorifying God, a whole ministry, a whole network, right? Honestly, And so I think about, and how even though it was it could have it was stressful sometimes it wasn't all green grass and peaches and it always wasn't the most beautiful thing but it was something that we all love to do mm-hmm. At, she has a picture you can show it to Please, them it like to the that was a competition
1: sorry I'm yeah sorry. <laughs>
2: That was a competition that we won, actually, yeah. like when we just came from. Yeah. But I think yeah. about the summers, the sleepless nights, yeah. the we weren't obeying anybody. We didn't wake up and say, the Lord said. And so we were, mm-hmm. there were nights, 3 a.m., 2 a.m. We were finding all sorts of rooms to practice on that mm-hmm. campus. No the food. car trips, mm-hmm. the road trips, mm-hmm. the no food. Sleeping on top of each sleeping other. Sleeping on top Packing of each other. Cars. No, Packing literally. cars. cars. Uh, I remember And this season too specifically I was running Two dance teams And yeah. I was in Pharmacy school If that was me now I'd be like God I don't know Where the capacity Comes from I don't know Where well, you the grace capacity. Is gonna come from I don't know Not sleeping Not eating Not whatever <laughs> We do some crazy And we This thing Literally blew up Like blew up With whose breath It wasn't the breath Of God okay <laughs> It blew up And it was literally Just blowing across The United States <laughs> oh my Blowing across The United States And we and then when it comes to the things of God and the simple or assignments or the simple things that he would just lay in our hearts, we're like, oh, but God, how? But God, why? But God, but God, when? But God, how? Enough. Like, literally.
1: It's enough. Literally, <laughs> it's enough.
2: <laughs> literally trying to make it make sense when it's actually really, really simple. Mm. Like, it's actually really, really simple. Um, and so when you think about roaring and you think about a cub, a lion, I think Faith left, but she was talking about um, cubs earlier and worship you think about cubs, I was watching another video, because I wanted to actually hear what it sounded like for mm-hmm. a cub to roar, mm-hmm. compared to its father, a lion who wow. was like fully mature and developed. And you hear this thing roaring, you literally will laugh. Mm. You think it's cute, right? Mm-hmm. And I wondered to myself, like, if this cub was around other, if this cub lived its life around other cats, it would actually spend its whole life meowing mm. and doing the wow. small... Whatever right wow. But because it sees its father roaring, mm-hmm. my God. because mm-hmm. it sees its father roaring <laughs> it emulates. It's emulating with yeah. the passion yeah, that the passion. I have to roar too yeah. Yeah. even the, the attitude of the baby cat that I saw just marching up and down doing yeah. this an unintimidating roar, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like well who, thought, who who told you so? Right. But when you think about People are trying to arise You have the world Asking you Who, told you, who so? told you so And then because We don't know who we are We don't know that Our father is actually Roaring too Or we don't know How wow. to emulate The sound of heaven oh, We yeah. now back down And say yeah I don't know Who told me so Jesus. And wow. then we sit down And say you know Maybe I'm not supposed To do it this way Or maybe I am doing too much Or mm-hmm. whatever the wow. whatever the case may be But the fact is You actually need To surround yourself With other women Who are roaring So yeah. that you don't feel That your roaring Is out of Absolutely. place Wow Yeah That's And so good. we, it's about community and so I thank God that this is coming together live because finding a godly community and finding women who will amplify your voice and give you the backing and the support that you need spiritually is important for your voice to be heard.
0: Yeah, that is so good. That's, That's really so good. good and you know one thing, another person I want us to bring up and then I'll, I'll bring up the last question but um, Eve mm. somebody shut that door, thank you Eve First of all, what I want us to know, or another thing I want us to know, is that you are important as a woman, and you carry naturally the gift of impact and influence. Yeah. What mm. do I mean by that? Yeah. Um, if you look at Genesis 3, verses 1 to 8, it talks about the fall of man, correct? And so I don't need to beat this story. I don't need to beat this story at all. We know how it goes. But isn't it funny that the serpent went Mm. to the woman first? Mm. And he's an old, wise, cunning serpent. Mm -hmm. And so he knew that the woman is the one that carries the gift of influence Mm. in Jesus. So I'm not going to go to the man for The man was is the leader. Yeah. Adam was there first, right? We all yeah. know Adam was created first. And Eve was only supposed to be the helper, right? But he knew, let me approach the woman first because I know yeah. that women carry the gift of impact and influence. Yeah. So when she bites the bait, her husband will bite the bait. Mm. Mm. And so <laughs> what I need you to understand is that you are in Important. Yeah. And you carry the gift of impact. If you don't know, if you're in this room and you don't know what you carry, you don't know what your giftings are, just already know that atmospheres change when you walk in the room. Yeah. Absolutely, You carry the gift of impact and influence as a woman. Yeah. And so know that that you already have a big, giant target on your back. Mm-hmm. Mm. The enemy will be after you because he knows that if he can lock you down, yeah. he's locked down a generation. Mm. He's locked down a nation. There's a Ooh. reason Ooh. why the <laughs> woman carries the seed. Hmm. That's good. And I don't even know what I'm saying right now or <laughs> if I understand good. the magnitude of what I'm saying. But understand this, yeah. that at the basis of it all, you are important, you're needed, and you carry the gift of influence and impact. And um, I want us to even wrap this up and um, I'll just say something and I'll just throw it out to you all to kind of just build off of that. But what I think we need to understand before anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that more than he wants your voice, more than he wants your gifts, more than he wants what you carry he mm. wants your heart mm. he yeah. wants your heart first before any of that mm-hmm. yeah. so if you, if he doesn't have that please scratch everything, everything that we've said it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because if you do all these things and he doesn't have your heart what is the motive behind what we're doing yeah like what is the what motive? is the motive behind what we're doing yeah. Totally. And so a woman that doesn't have a name in the Bible that carries so much influence, and I believe the scriptures say that even till today we will speak about this woman, yep. is the woman with the alabaster box. Oh, Jesus. The woman with the alabaster box. She doesn't have a name. We, we do not know her name, but we know her as the woman with the alabaster box. And that is in Luke 7 verses 36 to 50. And it talks of a woman who's a sinful woman. And I I won't read it all the way down because it's long, but um, it's a woman who's a sinful woman and actually she came uninvited to this dinner. (laughs) And I had to preach this a while ago, so I'm a little bit familiar with the story, but Jesus was actually invited to dinner by a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. And... You see them sitting down, and all of a sudden, this woman, the sinful woman at that, the Bible says, comes with their alabaster box. She breaks it over the feet of Jesus and is pouring out this perfume, and she's crying, and she's weeping, mm-hmm. and she's, you know, she's doing the most. And my first question is, how did this lady know? Yeah. Hmm. First of all, she's a sinful woman. So she would not get the invite from the Pharisees. You know how Definitely the Pharisees not. work. You yeah. know how, we know how the Pharisees rock. Yeah. How did this woman know hmm. that Jesus was in the room? My goodness. So one thing we need to understand as women is to know Jesus. Yeah. To know him. Because when, when you know him, you know when he's in a place. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody had to do town crier announcement, and there was not phones back then, so nobody could. So nobody. Hey, Jesus, right. she, knew, she, knew. she knew his presence. Mm. And so she could locate him easily. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if any of you want to build off of what I'm saying. Yeah. But. <sighs> it's, it's getting deep. It's getting it's it's deep.
1: You know, I think that the picture of the one with the alabaster box is such a. Or, or jar is such a it's such a parallel to who we are and who Jesus came to save, mm. because all of us are sinful. Yep, all of us are full of sin. There is not a single one of us that has lived a sinless life, yeah. and so I think that this is such a beautiful parallel, such a beautiful beautiful dis- depiction of us. Because when you see this, you see that what you were saying, like God, God truly wants our hearts. Yeah. To the point that this woman was able to give her most prized position, or one of her yeah. most prized positions, as mm-hmm. far as we know, to be able to show him how how much he meant to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes God will ask you to give stuff. You know, sometimes in the church right now, in this day and age, I think we we talk about tithes and offering, offerings, mm-hmm. and we have so much discourse. But it's like if God truly has. It, God truly has if your he heart. Saved
0: you if, yeah.
1: What does what it matter it? if he it? asks you to give tithes, which is 10%? 10% yeah. What does it matter if he asks you to give offering? You mm. know what I mean? But that is how you show God, no matter what it takes, no matter what I have, I will offer it to you because it shows that in your heart, he's number one mm-hmm. and he has your heart. Yeah. And so I think that that speaks to what you were talking about. And I think it also speaks to something I was bringing up earlier about. At the end of the day, God sees your heart. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything, any of these things. You can't be influ- It doesn't. You can be influential, but it doesn't matter if you're influential if God does not have your heart. Yeah. It's literally the m- most important thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There's a scripture that's reminding me, and I don't know off the top of my head, but it will be in this recording, hopefully, um, that speaks about how, and I know it's in the book of Proverbs, but I just don't know the chapter, it speaks about how deceitful our hearts are, Mm -hmm. and so when we think about things that we keep in our possession um, we or things that we think that we're keeping in our possession, right? Because God mm-hmm. truly controls everything. Yeah. Um, but the things that we think that we're keeping in our possession, we think we have control over them. We navigate um, the gates that unlock and lock them, or we think we are right. Um, when we think about surrendering your heart to God, you're basically saying that you know, I know how deceitful the heart inside of me is, and mm-hmm. I know how much more even deceitful the flesh that cages the heart is as well. And so as I surrender my flesh my and my body and my soul and my will and my mind to you, along with my most prized possession, my heart, I'm trusting that you will... Perfect that which concerns me, that you Mm. will perfect what it is that you're placing in the inside of me, that you will never let me get too carried away with myself, Mm. or you'll never let me get Mm. too carried away with glorifying myself, Mm. um, that you will like reshape my motives and reshape the work that I'm doing. But as I'm committed to roaring, or as I'm committed to Mm. rising, and I'm committed to not staying in a small place or being mediocre or whatever the case may be, that as I climb up and as I reach up for your help and your grace, And your mercy that you would refine, and you would, as I'm like reaching up, it's almost like you're pouring up, or I don't even know that that's possible. You can't really pour up, right? But you can lift up to God, Mm -hmm. right? And as you're lifting up to God, He is pouring back down. And it's like this even exchange or this equilibrium of um, an exchange of the Spirit, basically, Mm -hmm. that allows you to be able to function how would I say, in the fullness of who and what he's called you to be. Mm -hmm. But like my two sisters here have said, you can't actually do that without giving him your heart. Uh, And you'll notice how sometimes like you'll, even before like times when you like knew God and you weren't like as serious with God, you'll notice how, like, you'll look back at things and be like, who motivated me to do that? Like, why was Mm -hmm. I doing that? Or like, who motivated me to talk like that? Or why was I dressing like that? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're, something will be telling you, your subconscious, whatever will be telling you, like, asking you, like, what What provoked that? Like, yeah, yeah. and so I believe it's the same thing with God, that as you give to him more of yourself and more of the things that he's even placing inside of you, he will refine it and shape it into the beauty thereof. And he'll give you the beauty for the ashes that come with burning away everything that is not of him. (laughs) Um, But I do believe, again, just going back to that centering and that grounding place It starts with the heart. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. And I think to even wrap this up, it says, the Bible says a sinful woman. Mm. So she came to him at her worst, right? And it says, you know, that she kissed his feet and anointed. You know, she did all this stuff, cried, used her hair to even wipe the tears on his feet and I can only imagine one thing that comes to my mind is desperation Mm, Mm. yeah desperation and I think at the end of it all that's what he's looking for yeah he does the rest after Mm. you know if you feel like you don't fit into the mold if you feel like maybe I've gone too far maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I'm not big enough or whatever it is that is hindering you from just keeping your feet planted in this walk to the point where you can now produce fruit and make impact. Yeah. You know, God is just saying, I just need your desperation. Mm. And it shows that her desperation um, causes Jesus to now say, um, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And so what's beautiful is that when we come to the Lord in our desperation, we never leave the same way we came. And so even in this moment, I just want us to take some time to just pray as we're wrapping up, um, to just tell the Lord, you know, here I am. I'm not perfect. I may not be the loudest. I may Mm -hmm. not be the tallest. I may not be the boldest. But, Lord, I'm here. Do something with what I have. Yeah. The widow's my, all she had was jars. He said, give me what you have. What you have. And God says today, give Me, what you have, and I'll fill it. Amen. Whatever it is, no matter how big, no matter how small, the Lord is willing if you're willing. If you're willing. If you're willing. So I just want us to take some time to pray um, and just ask the Lord, yeah, use me, Lord, with what I have. Mm, Use me with what I have. I don't have everything together. truth is we all (coughs) don't. But one thing is that he uses what he's given us and what we have. So let's just take some time to, to pray. Ah, oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Love us. We thank you, Abba, Father. Ah, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Abba, we thank you. Abba, we thank you. I think the Lord wants to encounter someone today as Abba, which is Father. yes. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for creating us to be women, Lord. What a privilege and honor it is. What a privilege and honor it is. We thank you, Abba, for using the pieces of our lives, Lord. Even the broken pieces, Lord. We thank you for bringing and mending it together for your use. We thank you for using every part of us, our past, our present, and our future, for your glory. Would you come and take your place in our lives? Lord, if we're lacking boldness, would you give it to us? Lord, if we're lacking wisdom, the Bible says if any of us lack wisdom, all we have to do is open up our mouth and ask. Lord, with what we have, use us, mold us, refine us. For every voice that's been lost, Lord, would you restore it, Abba?
1: In the name of Jesus.
0: Would you restore? It? I don't know. I don't know if I have a, a, a group of women in the room who want to be used by God, who are not perfect, but want the Lord to use them in the capacity that He's called you to.